two-time UFC Bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw. His USADA suspension, it's coming to an end next month. Two years gone by already. You know what they say, time flies when you're not doing shit because you were you were caught petting and uh, you, you got your ass suspended. PEDs aren't cheating. <clears throat> anyway, it seems like uh, every 135-er these days who uh, squeaks out a win, they're calling out Dillashaw, man. They want a piece, piece of that first fight back, man. TJ said it best. They all know that belt belongs to him. It don't mean shit until you beat TJ Dillashaw. And I personally don't see anyone in the division beating him. I mean, this is what I heard. Oh, he's 100% healthy? Do you really think he wasn't training this whole time? Oh, man. He's not. I, I don't think ring rust is a real thing. If you're fighting, you're fighting. You know, it's dealing with nerves and it's dealing with uh, adrenaline dump and thing like that. And if this is what you do, this is what you do. It's a science. It's the same thing. And I think it's easier to fight now in the empty arena where there is no surge of the crowd. And a lot of fighters like are saying that. A lot of fighters are saying that they're feeling it without the crowd. <laughs> you know, you can hear your coaches. You don't have the extra, you know. Yeah, and I worries. think I think that we're probably going to get back to probably the middle to end of 2021, and then they're going to start having fans and things like that again. So, well, here's the real question, man: Which matchup would you be most intrigued at seeing TJ Dillashaw take in his return to competition? I mean, there's, I think he, I, get, I think he gets a title shot right away. Him and Petrian right away. Yeah, and I think he. Knocks him the hell out. Dude, Jan is tough. I think Jan is not impressive, dude. He's not like. He's like that Marav Divishvili or I dare say Khabib. He's just that intense pressure, man. Great pressure. Great cardio. And just a guy that that's that, that's kryptonite. He's everybody's kryptonite. You know, that pressure and that, that, that uh, intensity that they bring. Jeffrey Hoffman here with Nikki the G. Nicholas Sherlock. Welcoming you guys to the 22nd episode of the Fight Sport Focus podcast. And uh, we got some breaking news. This this just came out like an hour ago after a dominant performance over uh, Alex Morano last Saturday night. It seems like Anthony Pettis is parting ways with the UFC to explore some other options. Nick, what might those options be? So I think that it comes down to either one of two things for Anthony Pettis. Either one, he's like, I need to win some fights and I need to win these fights now. So I'd like to fight less steep competition mm -hmm. and move to somewhere like, I don't know, uh, Bellator um, and fight those guys. Or he wants to get paid and somewhere like Bellator will pay him more. Someone like one FC will pay him more because they'll pay him for the quick draw and not the longevity of it. Cause let's be honest, how many fights does Anthony Pettis have left in him? Yeah. Maybe four or five. five yeah. Like eight max. So I, I mean, I agree with it. If he's leaving for more money, cause I'm sure the UFC is not paying Anthony Pettis what he's worth, not paying him for his name, his draw. What's he had a decade of destruction in the UFC. He's a yeah, former WEC before that. Yeah. He's a former champion. Uh, I mean, so I hope he gets out there and I hope he gets paid. I hope he gets what he's after. I mean, but if I was in Bellator and I fought at the welterweight division, I'd be terrified right now. Yeah. Here's the real question. Pettis said that they parted ways. Did the UFC offer you a contract that you turned down or did the UFC not offer you anything? Did the UFC say, Hey man, we're, we're, we're not interested. Good luck because we don't know if the UFC offered something 
Then Perez can go out and test the waters and go to Bellator, see what they offer. One, maybe bare knuckle, see the offers. And then he can go back to us to the UFC if that's what's bad. But if the UFC said, hey, man, you know, we're not interested anymore. That's a whole different monster right there. And it's a whole different bargaining chip that Pettis has. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next couple of days, I'd presume, uh, where he ends up. Um, what I would guess on that is somebody in the media room is going to ask Dana about it. And Dana usually tells us. So, I mean, I, I think we'll find out how that conversation went. But he posted a letter to the UFC on his Instagram. Uh, I didn't read the letter yet because I was driving uh, when the notice popped up. So I'll, I'll read it at some point today. But uh, maybe the answer's in there. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, keep it safe, man. No reading and driving. And look, Pettis on a two-fight win streak. Uh, Donald Cerrone and Alex Morano last Saturday night, three out of his last five. He's not doing terribly in other news. Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny was announced for UFC fight night happening on January 20th. Nick, we talk about this shit all the time on the show, bro. That is the kind of announcement that I like. A fight announced four weeks away. Look, that's a little bit short. And I, I get it. If somebody's like, I, I need a little bit more than four weeks. Totally understandable. But, man, I can't tell you how exhausted I am of hearing about fights three, four, five, six months away. That's some bullshit, right? A camp yeah. ain't 24 weeks. And all you're doing is giving every opportunity in the world for that fight to fall through. Look at the last time Khabib and Tony was scheduled. That was like a seven month, seven months in advance. And look what happened. Fucking global pandemic. Don't even tell us about it. Don't even try it yeah. for one. And for two, you're holding up divisions. You're holding up people's yeah. people's opportunities by scheduling Absolute. shit a quarter of a year, a half a year Absolute. away. These champions should be fighting three and four times a year. Yes. Like minimum. And it should be like, oh, you pulled out this fight. Okay. You pull out the next one. We, you're stripped. All this interim nonsense, just strip them. If yes. you want the belt, go back and get it. Six months. Six months. We talked about it before. I, I think a six-month maximum, regardless of your situation. If you can't defend in that six-month yeah. period, it should be stripped. Somebody else gets the opportunity, depending on the circumstances. You get the first crack back at it. Hey, if it was yours, take it right back, and yeah. it's fine. Yeah, come come, come get it. So I think what's going to happen, uh, so the biggest fight in January is going to be the old diamond and the notorious one yeah. are going to be, and that was what it scheduled two two and a half months prior or something like that, yeah, right? Conor McGregor, were, the biggest were, draw. So they were drawn, drawn on Twitter for about a month, and I wouldn't even say John as much as uh, I guess Conor wanted something, and the UFC told him no. So then he offered Dustin a fight for charity for his charity. Yep. Dustin said, yes, let's do it. And then the UFC got involved and was like, hey, why, we need to make this yeah. fight in the UFC. We'll give you all a fuck ton of money and then you can give whatever you want to charity. Yeah. And I know I know Conor is still, I think he pledged, I don't know if he gave it to him yet, but I know he pledged a fuck ton of money uh, to the Good Fight Foundation. Yes. So that should be uh, whatever side you're on for that fight. Uh, that should be a really good fight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And un unpopular opinion here, man. I know there's a lot of right, right now in the U United States, there's a lot of like populist ideas going around and that's fine, whatever. And there's a lot of stuff with the UFC and fighter pay and a lot of differing opinions and these sort of things. But you got a lot of people are comparing UFC fighter pay to basketball players and football players and these sort of things. But if we look at kind of what's been shaping over the last couple of years, a guy like Kamaru Usman, who in the year of 2020 spent 25 minutes in the octagon, that means 25 minutes where he's got asses in the chairs actively making the UFC money. So we've got people who, for whatever reason, believe that Kamaru Usman 
who spent 25 minutes putting asses in chairs, generating revenue for his promotion, should be paid the same as, let's say, just a middle of the ring or even below average NBA player who in the year 2020 spent 3,000 minutes on the court putting asses in their chairs, generating money for the NBA. You spent 25 minutes generating money in the year 2020. but But technically, that's not true. Because he spent way more than 25 minutes. You saw 25 yeah. minutes. Well, they all they all train year-round. They the all, NBA players train year-round. Every athlete not trains like, year-round. But they're not training year-round like someone who competes in mixed martial arts. They all train year-round. Round. NFL players, it's, it's, NHL players, it's tennis different. players. It's, everybody trains year-round. It's completely different. And those other guys are compensated for their time. And the UFC and, and, and conglomerates like the UFC make so much fucking money. I mean, they're not even I, I would venture to say they're spending less than one percent of their pay every year on fighter pay. And so 18 percent, 18 percent of revenue to fighter pay. Is that a fact? Yeah. 18 percent of yearly revenue to back to fighters. They're sharing 18 percent, which is comparable when you it's, divide. It's, it's it's not, though, because then then these guys can't even have sponsorships anymore. It's like, oh, yeah. here, wear this uniform. I don't work here. Yeah. Well, I'm that's a private a whole other contract. Thing. I think. I think the big thing is they go out of their way to take money out of these guys' pockets. I think that the big thing is, is there's a a much larger discrepancy of income from the top to bottom that you don't see as much in the larger sports, but that doesn't mean that on average people are getting taken care of. I'm cool with the, with, with the pay discrepancy. I mean, because the top guys make the top money. It is what it is. It's like that in every sport, but I think there should be at least something like a tier level in the UFC. Like, Hey, if you're in, this tier and your pay should be directly yeah. derivative off your numbers. Like, oh, I was on a pay-per-view that had a hundred million buys. Okay, well, let's look at that pay-per-view and see how many viewers were actually viewing when you were fighting. Okay, so you're saying more than just the main event because yeah. that's because that's the incentive now. That's like me saying that's like let's say we put a fighter on a card on the Connor Dustin card. This card is gonna sell out the ass. But let's say you were on the undercard and go, oh, well, this my the fighter card I was on yeah. had this many views. Calm down, sir. Well, well, How many views did you have? Well, here's the thing, So I man. think there should be something more comparable. Like these guys definitely should be getting paid more. 18% is abysmal. It should be closer to 40. But that's how I personally feel. Yeah. And I think these guys are screwed. And because there's no retirement, like these guys can't spend. I mean, let's say LeBron James wants a million dollars a year in self-care. Well, these UFC fighters can't do that. There's no retirement. I mean, they're yeah. living their life. So let's say you fought twice last year and you made 200 grand. That's comparable. But where, where do they live? Yeah. How much are they traveling? How much time are they away from their family? How much time can they actually save? Sure. How much money did they have to put back into their, because people say, oh, they made 200 grand, but they're not talking about their agents, yeah. their team, their self-care, their personal bills. It might not be that much considering once you start taking out the pieces of the pie. Yeah. So uh, they definitely should be getting paid a whole lot more than what they are because the average fan looks at these guys on TV and go, oh, they're multimillionaires. No, they're not. Yeah. Well, we do the same thing with Dan Margliata. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we right? love him to death, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I expect these guys to be pulling up in Ferraris. It's like, oh, and then you see their videos on their 24-7. It's like you're driving like a Ford Focus, and it's like you're a champion. Well, not to make this about fighter pay, because that's a episode, that's a whole different thing for another episode. But, you know, look, all of that being said, it's difficult to compare because if you're talking about LeBron James, look, the Los Angeles Lakers franchise itself is worth more than the UFC. So there isn't a single UFC fighter that's ever going to get paid what a single 
Los Angeles Laker player is paid, right? Because there's only 12 players on the team and there's over 600 pl- fighters on the UFC roster. And the Los Angeles Lakers is worth more than the entire UFC. So we have to keep things in perspective. Um, all of that being said, continuing on, not with fighter pay, but just with hey, also the option of when you get to play or not, because NBA players, NFL players, NHL players, you've got a set schedule and you're out there. Boom, 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 hammering them out. So you get X amount of money because they're, they're also it, get, it's it's worth more because it's generating more money. And, and that's what generating money. Yes. Yeah. The UFC has even on a non COVID year, what do they have? One, one, maybe two events a month. Yeah. And if you're not on the card, the, you're not generating money. I mean, yeah. you're the roster, but if and you're not Lakers, in the octagon, you're generating zero money for the UFC. Yeah, it's at that stuff point. like an NBA team. I think they just, I don't know how many, I think they just shorten the NBA season. I think it's like 60 something games now yeah. playing 60 something games, plus playoffs, plus video yeah. games, plus yeah. other revenue. Still going to be 2000 minutes of TV time 2000 yeah. minutes of tv time and we're talking about kamaru uzman or even khabib naraga madoff who's given you 25 minutes shorten nba season to thousand minutes that you can work with you can build clips you've got tv time you've got highlight reels you got all the two thousand minutes of asses in the seats watching your product compared with 25 right so you're not generating the time to generate revenue all that shit being said man on a different note as far as not just revenue, but we need more fights and we need champions to fight more. If you want to get paid more, look, you got to fight more. Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson rescheduled for March 6th. And let me tell you, Nick, bro, as of right now, man, I'm not interested. I'm very interested in the matchup and I want to see that fight, but it's three and a half months away. <laughs> Don't tell me about a fight that's almost four. That's a quarter of a year away. <laughs> Don't tell me about it, man. A fight camp is six weeks, eight weeks, right? Not fucking four months away. Stop. Because, <laughs> because this is how it happens. I guess, you know, they have to put things on the books and then, you know, they're trying to drum it up like, oh, well, they're fighting later. They don't get questioned. Like <clears throat> you and I have questions about fighters. Like who's next for Kevin Holland? We don't know. Who's next for our, our dude, the vanilla gorilla is chase Sherman going to get another shot in the UFC. He won his last fight in the yep. UFC. So it's little things like that. So these guys, I, I get what they're doing. Uh, I mean, cause even you and I, you and I try to book guests about a month out, month and a half out. And that's a long time for us. And we know as well as, as the next person that when you have a schedule, especially when you're trying to schedule guests on a, on a talk show, basically it never fucking goes to plan. I mean, I think we scheduled what? 13 guests through the month of December and we've interviewed no one that was on that list. (laughs) And we talked to three, four people a week, but we've talked to no one because what happens in real life changes. The fights change. We change who we're talking to. And then we have, let's say the fight changed and somebody, the unknown stepped in, then the unknown delivers in glorious fashion. Now we want to talk to that person because that's who's kind of rising right now. So, I mean, it's, I get it. It's scary to book things out further, but you have to, because they can't have all the champions on the same car. They kind of got to yeah. space them out, you know? Yeah. And they're trying not to pay people. <laughs> and some somewhat breaking news, or it, it might not be, man. It's, it's, it's confirmed, but it's not yet. Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. <laughs> For those who can't see, that's... Did you, did you said something? That's Nick pretending that he's... <laughs> Sleeping here on the microphone. Oh, shit. I passed out again. My bad. <laughs> Reports are that this fight is scheduled. I heard from Triller, though. Not, not, I haven't heard personally from them, but I've heard reports 
of reports from Triller that says that it's not quite there yet. But it looks like this matchup is happening in March, man. Jake Paul, Ben Askren. Are boxing matchup. Are they going to fight on the same? Oh, that's oh, that's February, right? No, Mar- wait. No, so what? Logan Paul's fighting Florida in February. Fucking hell, man! I mean, these Paul brothers. Think about promotions. it: is all you have to do is get somebody to generate a lot of money, and yes. anybody will take that fight. And it's just like these Paul boys. Like Rogan said, they're legitimate tough guys. I mean, things are yeah. not that bad at boxing. I mean. We do know Ben Askren does have a tendency to go to sleep, so... <laughs> the fight with Ben Askren would be good. I think they'd probably come in way and right about the same. Askren might be a little bit below. I think Askren's not is going to be used to getting hit, unlike Nate Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Askren is known for his elusiveness and not being able to get touched. Yeah. So can his eluth- elusiveness play out in boxing as well as it did in MMA? Because when he was fighting overseas, nobody could touch him. Yeah. It wasn't until he got to the UFC... And Robbie Lawler banged him up, and then they had that horrible stoppage from Herb Dean where Robbie was not unconscious, and they gave that win. Tough call. And then Gamebred, we all know what Gamebred did to him. And then eventually uh, Ben said, ah, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> and now he's going to fight Logan Paul. So I think Ben's elusiveness should be able to frustrate Jake and make him reach. And if Jake reaches, Ben's going to tag him. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, but at the end of the day, Jake Paul could beat Ben Askren in a boxing match. And then I think that destroys your combat sports record. Yeah. That Damian Maya fight with Ben Askren, I think was probably the best indicator of where Ben Askren is in the UFC, right? Like the Robbie Lawler thing. He was, he was getting mauled initially controversial call from uh, Herb Dean. Oh, it wasn't controversial. It was a bad call from Herb Dean. I mean, hindsight's 2020, man. Next fight with uh, Jorge Masvidal. I mean, anybody can catch that. Dealing with people's careers, man, especially at that level. And they're standing up. If Robbie would have been out, wouldn't his body have gone limp? I mean, it it, it was. was And you and I talk about this all the time. When it's just a blood choke, you've got. You you, you want to you, you've got some margin for error when it's a blood oh, yeah. choke. Right. Because if you give it another five seconds too long, they're not going to die. They're going to be just as fine. Right. Right. They, they're just going to sleep a couple of seconds longer. That's right. <laughs> they're, but they're going to be fine when they wake. You got. But if it's, you know, a joint or something being manipulated, who knows? You know, maybe they snap it off who completely. Knows. Or it, you don't ever bend your arm the same way again. But a blood choke, you can give it a couple seconds. But. That Damian Maya fight, we had, uh, what, uh, it was in the third round. I, I think it ended. And and we got to see Ben Askren against a mediocre, Ben Askren, a mediocre striker against a mediocre striker. And he looked bad, right? So I think that was probably the best fight for him. But I'm hoping that he gets this fight because it's going to be a huge payday, man. It's going to be maybe a $15 million payday or something like that for him, which is fucking awesome. Is it $15 Because I know he was trying to give Connor 50 Well, that's Connor McGregor, right? Jake is probably going to get 50 Okay. Well, I'd have to assume he's a you dude. He makes millions and millions oh, every year off of YouTube. I think like even the house that got raided by ATF uh, during COVID, it's owned by like some chic or some shit like that. But Jake, Jake, Jake Paul had a house that was raided. Yeah, Jake I Paul don't know a, about these did guys. ATF tell, broke in what, and took how, like, what, what happened? Like ATF was taking out like BB guns. Like there were like there were oh, it was a gun weapons thing? of mass. I don't really know. Like Jake really didn't say anything. All he said was it was a misunderstanding. It was a confusion. And yes, they gave me my BB gun. <laughs> All right, so there was some chic that owned the house. That like, yeah. That Jake was living in. I mean, why isn't he owning his own houses? He's got hundreds of millions of dollars at this point. I'd assume. Why own your own house if you can live in somebody else's? I mean, come on now. Like, why spend your money if somebody wants to give you theirs? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, what I do want to do because we have two nights, uh, I want to go over real quick the uh, just the highlights of Empire Fighting Championship Seven. Uh, and that started off with a, with a surprising performance by Seth Dardar, who kind of put on a strike clinic. Um, he overmatched his opponent. Uh, 
Bradley Landry, Bradley Landry, uh, he was fighting out of Gladiators Academy. So I'm sure he's in good hands and I'm sure that, uh, he was, uh, had old Eric Scallion in his corner. So I'm sure they'll get that together and, uh, improve and learn but the yeah. striking performance a rare loss for from from seth landry was just seth dardar yeah seth dardar i'm sorry uh was impressive it seemed like that kid could have finished that fight whenever he wanted and chose to draw it out yeah good way to kick off the event and then the next like to skip over a couple of fights we're not going to go over every fight on the card oh, there's, dude, there's so like many. 40 of them man. oh yeah jamal jenkins acts of uh murdered <laughs> jasper rivers he beat this kid into the shadow realm this was an execution i mean uh i hope jasper is doing well i do they know they did take him out of the cage on a backboard uh and we're actually going to have jamal in studio later yeah. this week well i mean that's if dude i don't know we got to make sure that jamal is still a free man after uh last weekend yeah. because he, he i think he murdered someone in the cage we, right <laughs> i don't yeah. know if the charges have been brought up yet y'all want to see a dead body uh, <laughs> there's a meme going around his page that is, it says as much he should be here tomorrow <laughs> he should be or we'll he might be happens. arraigned on first degree murder because that was brutal and then one of the most interesting fights on the car was jacob small from mid-city fought jaime garcia and if interesting you and if you watch the the interview i did with jacob he explained to us that when this kid was uh Announces an opponent, he sent Jacob like his mugshot from jail. Then he started melting like his jujitsu sucks. And then like he started messaging his girlfriend, like hitting on her and stuff. So <laughs> Jacob was in his zone. He was focused. And there was a small cut on Jaime's chin real early. And it was a bloodbath. There was blood everywhere, but the blood was coming from the chin. Yeah. And then with a bad stoppage, I mean, uh, Gr uh John Griswold. John Moneyshot Griswold. Controversial stopping. Yeah. It wasn't controversial. It was bad. You don't like the controversy it, it when was, it comes to refereeing. Because it was, it was a bad stoppage. He stopped the fight, not because of damage, not because of excessive strikes. Yeah. He stopped the fight because there was a ton of blood. Yeah, probably the doctor yeah, should have come in. and. If I that. was refereeing that fight and I was that concerned about the blood, and blood is the same as sweat. That's how it's considered in the rules. You had the doctor come in, look at his chin, and go, can he continue? Yeah, yeah he continue. All right, get your pitch bass back down there and, and continue this yeah, beating. A couple places bleed, man. The chin, the forehead bleed a hell yeah, of a lot. A but whole I mean, lot. But, I mean, so it, it was a horrible stoppage. It really was. But Jacob definitely uh, got the winner. What do you think old Jaime went to jail for, man, if you had to guess? <sighs> meth. <laughs> meth, 100%. <laughs> so speaking of meth, uh, next night. Jaime returned with the bandaged chin to make his professional debut. That's right. That Mississippi Boxing Commission, boy, they're out there doing big things, man. I love them to death. But Mississippi, Mississippi's got some different rules. At least he got paid for the second time that he got his choked beat, unconscious the second night. I watched it again on tape, man. It was tight. He was sleeping. Eh, I don't he, know, you know why? Because he had absolutely no clue what was going on. He's like, is his hands around my neck? <laughs> Man, it's getting real hard to breathe. I don't know what to do. I sleep. I, I heard that the fight Friday might have been his first fight ever and then decided to turn pro because he might have needed bus fare to get back to wherever. That might have been it. He was just outside the venue shaking a can. Uh, then our guy, then moving right along on this card, uh, our guy Cody Ziegler went out there. Hell yeah, man. Uh, and won by an ankle lock. But it was, he beat this kid with jujitsu one on one. No disrespect to the opponent, but it's a common fact in jujitsu. When you take someone's back, you do not cross your feet. Someone will step over there and straight ankle lock you with your own damn ankle. And that's so good, too, because Cody, uh, uh, amateur boxing career, 
and known for his hands, but he's had some slips up slip ups yep. in the jujitsu department. So for him to be able to, and it's not a super complex move that he did, yep. but it's, it's the best jujitsu practitioners aren't the best at the complex things. They've got the basics down and they will fuck you with them every time. Right. And that's, it's so cool to see, man. Like a hundred percent. And he got his blue belt. I saw, uh, awarded his blue belt, uh, this week. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. That's, that's really fucking cool. So now we're on to empire fighting championship. Well, no, now eight. we're on to the main, to the main event Dude, I think you're, of I'm, the you're, evening. Are you not? Okay. It, with oh, Jewel kid, diamond Scott. Uh, and you can tell his last performance at icon mm. it was not a good performance uh he was just controlled he was beat up well, the guy he was fighting was big man yeah it was it was not a good fight aj cunningham but to fight. see him take this time and you can tell he's been working you can tell he's been with the lee bros with the movement uh and he was everywhere cutting beautiful angles he had that autonomous ultra instinct thing going yeah. early in the fight where malcolm williams could not hit him he wasn't throwing a lot either right well he was, he was throwing a lot no, at the Jewel, he just, he, Jewel, yeah, was, Jewel wasn't throwing no, he, he was, was choosing his shots he was just moving shots very very sat him down once patiently. And after the fight, he said he could hear me yelling, just stand up and push away. I uh, said, but he had been working on his jiu-jitsu. He wanted to show it a little bit and uh, ended up a scramble. He gets back to his feet and jumps in with a beautiful shot. I don't think Malcolm remembered he was in the fight. Yeah. Nothing. He was instantly asleep. Yeah. It looked like in the video, he hits his own face on his knee as he crumples uh, and one shot, walk off, no need for a backup shot. Jewel Scott back in the winning column. Yeah, I think Malcolm did like a 360 as he went down, too, because the that shot was, was facing this, facing a different way. And then after he got hit, yeah, maybe fell down, hit his knee, and then did a, it was a. Do you know the best part principle. of Jewel's knockout was? What's that? It was Sean Gayton's reaction in the corner. Because I saw the video from the Empire card. And then later I saw the video, I guess Vin Lee or somebody had, and it was behind Sean Gayton. And just Sean Gayton's reaction as he's standing up from the shot. Oh, it was it was amazing. Yeah, best great part striking, of man. Great striking from uh, Jewel. Mid-City went 6-0 and over the, over the two nights. And they had a ton. I think they had like six people pull out on them. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of adversity, a lot of people just pulling out of fights. And guys, if you're listening and you're a fighter as an amateur or pro, don't pull out of a fucking fight, man. If you decide you're going to fight, you need to fight, man. Like, yeah. that, that's it. I mean, there are instances where crazy things happen. Like, you get COVID or you break a hand. But unless these things are real, guys, you got to show yeah. up. I mean, even as an amateur, your name is everything in this business. And you can't get a reputation as the pullout guy. I'd agree, man. And, you know, I never fought. I trained a little jujitsu, but I've never, never fought, man. But I, I played sports my whole life. Uh, high level football and basketball. And I couldn't imagine missing a game for anything. You know, grandma dies and it's like, all right, what's I got to do with the next three hours? You know, I can right. go out and play the game. But then afterwards we can grieve, we can funeral up, we can, you know, whatever. But what, what does that have to do with the next three hours? You know, like I've never missed a game. I've never missed a practice for anything, you know? And then I don't, it's, it's hard for me. And even like I coach high school sports now and, and guys will miss runs. Guys will miss competitions for the, the smallest of things. And I'm just yeah. like, dude, when I was younger, I don't think it's a generational thing. It might be a cultural thing, but it's just like me or nobody that I knew would have missed any event or anything for anything. We're playing with broken bones. We're playing with, yeah. with, and we're just put, put me in there, coach. I got the cast my on. I'll last, put something over it. My last fight, uh, probably Wednesday night, I woke up Thursday morning, and had food poisoning and I was so sick. I could barely stand up. I was supposed to weigh in Thursday night and I called Rich and I was like, I have food poisoning. And he goes, oh, well, you're throwing up a lot, you have diarrhea or whatever. And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, well, making weight should be no problem. I'll <laughs> see you at 630. And he hung up on yeah. me. Yeah. So I got my bitch ass up. I went to the weigh-ins, put on the front like I was ready to go, weighed in, went and got back in the car and was dying. Yeah. Slept all night, got up, went and fought the next night. I mean, that's 
you make a commitment, you just have to do it. Sometimes you have to play. There's a difference in you. Are you, are you in, hurt or are you injured? Yes. It's a difference. Yeah. Maybe with fighters, there's just so little management oftentimes with them that they don't know any better, you know, and it's, should I take it? Should I go through with it? And, and they don't have the right incentives to stick in with it, man. And I hate it. It's, it's the thing that I hate most particularly about the regional scene is uh, people pulling out and pulling out last minute. That's right. A lot of girls hate that too. <laughs> Says the man with four children. <laughs> All my children are here purposely, <laughs> sir. Uh, I love each and every one of my of my of my of my brood. So now we're going on to uh, EFC eight. Do you want to do EFC eight tonight? We can, or we can do it tomorrow. You want to save that for tomorrow's episode? I want to say that we talk about that with uh, old Jamal, with Jamal the Axe Murderer Jenkins. Well, and uh, and uh, should Jamal be free? Should Jamal be free? He'll be here. And then we and got old double Greg G. Double G Gidry in the house. Yeah, let's let's save eight for those guys. We'll ask Jamal. You know, hey man, have the charges come through yet? You know, any deputies well, show up at your door? Uh, we can announce a couple of these winners if you want. We don't have to announce them all tonight, but we can announce a couple of them. For what the twenty uh, twenty. The 2020 focus. This is the most important thing all year. I'm sure this is what everybody pays to see. They're trying to see these Gulf Coast MMA and Combat Sports Award brought to you by your boys, El Jefe, mm. Jeffrey Hoffman, and Nikki the G. Hey, what? At Fight Sport Focus. Let's wait. Let's wait till the end of the episode to the give out the end awards. Of the episode? Yeah, okay. let's. Let's go ahead and you want to get. Uh, okay, so we've got Sam Shoemaker. Bare knuckle fighting championship heavyweight coming off of a huge win over Bobo O'Bannon. Bobo was supposed to take on Mark Godbeer, who's supposed to be taking down that. a British man. I, I, yeah. I have to believe that would have been a better fight. I mean, yeah. no disrespect to Bobo. I've never seen him fight before. And I guess I still haven't because uh, he he got hit with the hillbilly hammer real time. And yeah. uh, I did not envy him whatsoever when he got up after the first one. I was in shock. Like, Oh my God, this dude's getting up and Oh, he didn't stand on his feet too much longer. Yeah, man. And look, I've watched the Patriot enough times to, to know where I stand in this battle between, you know, America oh, yeah. and the old country. So I was really hoping to see that matchup between, uh, <laughs> it's me, America. <laughs> I was really hoping to see the matchup between Sam Shoemaker and Mark Godbeer, but, uh, speculation is Sam, uh, should be facing ex UFC heavyweight, Joey Beltran. You want to get Sam on the phone? We'll ask him about that fight BKFC 15. And we'll see if, uh, him and Joey Beltran, if that fight's locked up yet, let's do it. All right. Nick and I will be right back with Sam Shoemaker. Jeffrey Hoffman with Nikki the G welcoming Sam the Hillbilly Hammer Shoemaker to the Fight Sport Focus podcast. Sam, what's up, brother? Hey, bro. Uh, not much. Just living the dream. Working hard. Hey, speaking of that dream, man, you had us all dreaming about that knockout. BKFC 15 less than two weeks ago, man. Main event. Tell me, how was that? How was that having you feeling? Big knockout in the main event, man. How'd you feel after that? You know, that's uh, it's always a great feeling to get out there and get a finish, especially with the main event. You know, you're the the last guy out there standing. It's uh, it's a really great feeling, and it's nice having all the fans and just uh, you know putting on a good show for everybody, entertaining people. That's that's what we're there for to entertain. 
So it's looking like it's going to be you and current heavyweight heavyweight belt holder Joey Beltron. I mean, it's it's looking that way. Is anything official yet, or is it still just speculation? No, it's official. It's uh, it's happening. Uh, hopefully, they're talking about sometime in March. Uh, that was a title eliminator, and uh, Dave Feldman offered me the fight, and I told him, "Hell yeah, let's go." Joey Beltron's on board as well, so. Absolutely. I can't wait to see this fight because we know we had uh, a quick change in opponent for BK 15. Uh, did that uh, hinder you at all or were you how were you feeling when they had a last minute switch of opponent? You know, it really didn't bother us. It was uh, a week out from the fight and uh, just mentally, physically, we were already ready. So we just kept in that mindset and kept going, uh, you know, and this the, the end, end result was what we wanted. And uh, that's what we were looking for. Dude, that's exactly what I like out of my fighters and especially out of my champions that I'm ready to knuckle up, put who you want in front of me, and I'm going to do what I do. Yeah, at the end of the line, it's a fist fight one way or the other, right? And the opponent shouldn't matter to you that much any way it goes. Speaking of that opponent, um, if and when that fight does happen, what do you think Joey Beltran's going to bring to that fight? What are you going to be preparing for between now and March? You know, Joey Beltran's a tough dude. He's very durable, uh, uh, just uh, takes a good shot, gives a good shot, um, and just keeps coming forward. So, you know, I expect him to be aggressive with me, and, uh, you know, you, you can expect me to be aggressive with him right back. You know, it's going to be a bloody war, and uh, I'm excited to uh, compete with him. So, Sam, the Hillbilly Hammer, oh, let us know for all of our audience listening, man. I love that nickname. Where did it come from? I'm i I'm a third generation stonemason. I've been breaking rocks with hammers my whole life, you know, sledgehammers and stuff and rock hammers. And, uh, my brother, who's, uh, you know, one of my coaches and, uh, training partners, he came up with the name. He just kind of put it together when we were kind of trying to come up with one. And, uh, you know, I am from uh, the Ozarks here in Missouri, you know, and, uh, we are known to be, uh, hillbillies and maybe not the kind that you would think, you know, you see with the missing teeth and everything, uh, and uh, some of those TV shows, but no, we're definitely hillbillies and, uh, you know, and I, I got a good hammer, you know, I've been breaking rocks my whole life and I break opponents the same way. So it just kind of clicked when he, uh, he came up with it. Well, you definitely got hammers for hands, man. That goes, that goes without saying, but in your own words, what exactly is a hillbilly for those that might not, uh, completely understand? Well, to me, it's someone who, uh, you know, loves, uh, loves God, loves his country, loves, uh, the woods, loves hunting, fishing, you know, sports. I mean, just anything outside, just, uh, you know, someone who uh, gets along easy with everyone, but, uh, you know, if uh, bad times come a knocking, you know, they're ready. So just some good old country boys. It sounds like your day job keeps you in tip top physical condition. So you so the conditioning for fighting sh- really shouldn't be that big of an issue for you. And no, it, it comes pretty natural when you're out there, you know, working your ass off all day. And then, you know, you're getting off and you're going to work your ass off more than the gym, you know, making things happen. So it definitely helps. So as far as like your training regimen goes, like we talked to a lot of guys that are exclusively fighting bare knuckle now. And I understand like everybody's got a different means of training because, I mean, you really can't get out there and spar barehanded with other people. Uh, what do you focus on the most in your training camps? You know, uh, cardio and then uh, some hand strengthening. Uh, the sparring is is still definitely needed, even with the gloves on. Uh, but the distance is just a little bit different, uh, just because you know you do have a you know three fours inch of padding basically on the end of a glove, so it's not quite the same, but it definitely helps. But uh, definitely, like uh, I'd say, the unique part of mine would be the hand toughening uh, drills that we do. So I know you also do a lot of gloved boxing. 
in all honesty, which do you prefer and why? Would you prefer the the camp, the lead up, and uh, actually stepping into the ring for a glove boxing match or a BKFC event? Honestly, I love those BKFC events. Uh, getting out there and competing, uh, you know, bare knuckle, just the way it all began. You know, uh, it's just awesome. And the BKFC, BKFC family and fighters, they're, they're all tremendous. You know, I love them. It's it's a good. Uh, good group of people to be around and to work with. And just, uh, the experience that I've had with them has been awesome. Dude, definitely glad to hear that, man. So we talked to Josh Burns earlier in the week and to his understanding, he's probably going to fight Mike Godbeard and then they should get the winner out of you and Joey. Is that kind of how you're understanding it as well? Uh, you know, I haven't heard anything official about that. I have heard from Josh and also, uh, uh, old boy from across the pond. Uh, he's wanting to, you know, they're, I think they're wanting to do that. And, uh, which is fine with me. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I get that first shot at Beltron and I'm going to, you know, come away with the title and then whoever, whoever's next is next. I mean, that's just the way it's going to be. I know they're both two tough guys, God beer and, uh, and Burns, and it'd be a good fight <clears throat> either way. And I, and I welcome that. it would be, uh, it'd be a very a good challenge and uh, something that I would definitely be up for. Were you ever into mixed martial arts at all, or was it always just bare knuckle, bare knuckle? Because I'm pulling up your tapology page, and the only thing I see on here is tapology and a couple of professional boxing matches. Yeah, BKFC and some boxing. Any mixed martial arts in there, or no? I, I, I did some uh, amateur MMA when I was younger. Um, mixed mixed it up a little bit in there, and I had fun. It was a good time. Uh, but uh, I knew that the money for me would be more in the boxing background because really the big UFC guys who make a bunch of money are just outstanding wrestlers, you know, jujitsu and all that. And I'm more of a stand-up guy. So uh, if the offer ever came and, you know, and I, I could do a good money fight for MMA, I would. But my 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 go-to is definitely stand-up. Do you train any grappling at all now or no? Uh, in the years past, we definitely have, you know, it's great cardio. It's good to do, but here in the last couple of years, I really haven't, I've kind of really stepped away from it. I, I would, something I wouldn't mind getting back into. It's just fun to, you know, anything just growing up in the family, I did just competitive wise, we did all kinds of, you know, wrestling, football, everything. So something's definitely, uh, one of my faves from, from a pastime for sure. So seven fights now with uh, BKFC, how would you describe your evolution from your first one, two, three fights to where you are now? as a fighter? You know, the biggest thing would be nerves and confidence, mm. just uh, being out there on that big stage, uh, fighting in front of those cameras and lights, you know, it's a big difference. And it's just, uh, you know, getting more settled into it and getting used to it and just really having a good time out there and enjoying it, putting on a good show. Are you the most experienced BKFC fighter? I mean, seven out of 15, I don't know that anybody else has seven. <clears throat> Uh, I'm not sure. I know I've definitely been on quite a few of their shows and, uh, you know, hopefully they just keep bringing me back and I'd like to just keep building that record, you know, and, and <clears throat> be a veteran in there and, uh, really rule the roost, you know, be a, become champ and run it for a while. Uh, I, I see a, a few years of a run in me and, and would love to do that for sure. <clears throat> you fought, uh, chase the vanilla gorilla, a local guy out here to a, to a to a draw, a hard fought draw, which uh, I think it could have went either way. I mean, that was a tough, tough fight, and he went on to fight Beltran and lost a, a decision with uh, Joey. Have you watched that fight at all? How did you feel about that fight? <clears throat> I definitely watched that fight, and uh, I don't know. You get mixed feelings about stuff. I don't feel like the Chase Sherman that, that showed up the night that I fought him showed up that night. Right, I, um, I'd agree with that statement. 
I feel like if he would have showed up the way he showed up against me, he would have had that title. But Beltron was the better guy that, you know, and that does happen. Uh, you know, uh, I've had it happen to me. So and Beltron's a tough guy, not taking anything away from him. But I think Chase is just an animal as well, you know, and a, and a specimen of an athlete. So, um, yeah, it was just a hard one to watch on that one. I was confused. I figured that Sherman was going to take it away. Yeah, and it's the same thing with like the MMA math that we talk about all the time, right? Y'all fight to a draw. Sherman goes to Beltron and gets uh, loses by decision. But here we're looking. Sherman beat Arnold Adams by decision. And that's the only guy that you've lost to in BKFC, right? Yes. Yes. So it's all a, a big clusterfuck. And obviously the MMA math or here we'd say the BKFC math. It never makes sense. But what I'm getting at m- most of all here is that you've got a hell of a shot of getting bringing home that BKFC heavyweight gold to Gravois. Hills, Missouri. Am I correct? Yeah. Gravois Mills. Gravois Mills. So we're, we're from down here in Louisiana and we got that Cajun thing going on, uh, Sam. So anytime yeah, you see that France, OIS, yeah. we go wah yeah, yeah. with it instead of oh, OIS. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get that a lot for sure. And maybe originally that might be how it was announced, but I've always been, you know, I've always heard and had it called Gravois. So uh, either way, I'm fine with it. So yeah, just looking at those past matchups though, brother. You've got a hell of a shot here of uh, bringing that BKFC heavyweight gold back to Gravois Mills. What would that mean to you? Oh, man, it would mean everything, you know, just to uh, be a part of the history of this thing and bringing it back home and just, uh, uh, man, just the exciting, you know, just makes me uh, just excited thinking about it. It would be uh, just such an honor, you know, uh, to be in the likes of, of the books of like John L. Sullivan and, and the greats, you know, the old and the new. So, um what a blessing that would be. And man, we're, we're working hard and we, uh, we're looking to, uh, try to bring that thing home in March for sure. Absolutely. And especially with the young company, like you said earlier, you can really grab that belt and really secure it going a long run. I mean, cause you have no problem staying active at all. It seems like you fight anytime they ask you to. So, I mean, to have an active heavyweight champion would be phenomenal. I mean, you could rattle off a, ton of wins hold on to that thing for about as long as you want uh because the heavyweight division is definitely stout but i definitely think you are one of the favorites in that division to hold on for to, for a long time yeah yeah it's full of uh full of really great fighters some good heavy hitters and uh you know uh i plan on uh fighting hard and getting in there and trying to keep it as long as i can you know got to get it from beltron first and then from there we're just gonna we're gonna take out the division just sign what them up, you, line them up exactly go. what do you think about frank Mir uh trying to toy with the idea teasing that he might come to bkfc uh would you like to take that belt from joey then be his welcome wagon to bare knuckle Oh, I'd be glad. I'd be so happy to welcome Frank Mayer. Don't get me wrong. Dude's a tough guy, but his main game is, is the, is ground. the ground. He's not known you know? for his yeah, hands. He's, no, he's not. So if he I mean, who, there, I the will, last, I, I think the last, I think the last person he knocked out was like an aging big nog. Uh, but yeah, yeah definitely yeah. not known for the hands. I mean, I think he lost a couple hand exchanges with Brock on the feet and Brock's not known for the hands either. No, no, not at all. No, I would say Frank Mayer should probably stay away from me. Uh, but but if he wants to come, I'd love to love to bring him on and uh, I you think, know, sign him up. And I think that name him. Frank Mir is the gift and the curse because he's Frank Mir. He can't fight a nobody. He has to fight. You're right. Somebody like you or somebody like Joey. I mean, he's got oh, yeah, to fight a big name guy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. What would that matchup mean to you, Sam? If you got uh, the chance to go against Frank Mir, maybe welcome oh, to the KFC. He will be a UFC oh. Hall of Famer eventually. Yeah, it would be so exciting, you know, to be able to fight somebody that's that caliber and, uh, you know, just uh, been a hell of an athlete. And uh, for you, the UFC, just a good guy. And I, I would love to welcome him. I mean, that'd be an honor just to just to get in there with him, whether win or lose. It would be a, what, a hell of an experience. 
Well, Sam, we've got uh, Joey Beltran coming up in March. We're all awaiting the official announcement, the official date. What do you have planned after that, if anything? Or are you looking past that? I know I'm not telling you to look past your opponent, obviously, but just in the next six months, eight months to a year, what's going on in Sam Shoemaker's world? I'd love to stay active, like we talked about. Uh, you know, I have a fight in March and then maybe uh, June, possibly July, and then another one in the fall, you know, uh, three, four or five four times next yeah. year. So, yeah. So yeah. that's how, how your career started off. You were on BKFC one through six correct at every event and you decided to take it off to give the fans a little uh, breather i mean are you looking at making another run like that maybe through uh, 15 through 20 i i'd love to i think it'd be great um you know to just stay as active as i can as, and as long as if you know they're having more and more fights now so yeah you know you could take a month off and miss two events and uh <clears throat> so that would be great just to give the fans uh you know a little bit more of the hill the hammer if they want it if they're calling for it hell i'll sign me up let's go i, I love to entertain Sam, man, thank you so much for being here the second time. It was great getting you here with Nick and having a full format with you that we could, you know, ask you all these questions. This is your time, brother. Do you have uh, any shout outs you'd like to give? Look, friends, family, sponsors, coaches. It's your time, man. Go ahead. Yeah, of course, for sure. Uh, I appreciate my family, my coaches, my wife, uh, you know, everyone that's back behind me, that's been really just pushing us and, and really lifting us up, uh, just taking care of us. Uh, the sponsors, uh, we got hard sauce. We got captain Ron's, we got uh, Veracruz. Um, they've all been just such great, great sponsors for us. Uh, BW painting, um, white, Witch body art, <clears throat> you know, everyone that's really helped us out since the beginning helped us out along our way. So, um, uh, you know, I got to give, uh, a shout out to my boys, my sons. They uh, they really come out and push me and they train with me. And just uh, it's just a good family dynamic. Um, so uh, and I also want to thank the the fans and, and everyone out there, the BKFC family. You know, you guys are so welcoming and, uh, you know, we couldn't do it without you guys, without the support and stuff. So just love you guys and I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, brother. Uh, in your opinion, who is the BKFC fighter of the year? Last question. Fighter of the year. I think I seen that on Facebook. I saw that on Facebook. It looked like Reggie Barnett. Uh, oh no, I was asking you who, who you personally thought it was. Oh, who I thought it was. If you had mm. to vote, <clears throat> I would pick Reggie. I yeah, like Reggie. Yeah. Reggie's a, Reggie's a good tough guy. He's a competitor. He'll fight anybody. Oh. Uh, guy's got some skills. So we were a little yeah, bummed out when uh because we were at that Miami card. That was the one you weren't there. We were there on that one. Uh, in. He was a uh, that win that that, that win yeah. pulled out, and I know they I know Nate uh, and Dave tried to save that, tried to get Reggie an opponent, and just couldn't get him. We ended up actually sitting next to Reggie that night, and great guy, uh, yeah. just as entertaining outside the ring as he is in there. And it's kind of ironic. Yeah. I think you yeah. and you and Reggie both have probably the most fights in BKFC at this point. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Yeah, Reggie's been a, a nameplate on there. He's he's been around a lot, and uh, he actually he was there with me in Philly in the trial at the trial. Oh wow. That's yeah, really so cool from the beginning. So that's yep. where, yeah, where you got your start before it all started before the first yep. BKFC event was at those tryouts in Philly and Reggie was yep. there with you, man. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Well, look, Sam, again, thank you so much for being here, man. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Keep in touch and uh, Hey man, we'll see you in March. I hope we get to talk before then, but thank you so much for being here. Hey guys, I appreciate y'all having me and uh, y'all have a blessed Christmas. Okay. You, right, thank you, brother. You too. Yeah. Yep. See, see you guys. Great. Nikki, the G and I will be right back with Mr. Ricky Norris. 
Jeffrey Hoffman here with Nikki the G, welcoming Mr. Ricky Norris to the Fight Sport Focus podcast. Mr. Ricky, Deputy Commissioner of over MMA here in the state of Louisiana. Mr. Ricky, we know you're a busy man. Thank you so much for taking the time out to be with us. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. I mean, uh, Mr. Ricky is, in my opinion, he's the best commissioner in in America right now. I mean, but he is from my home state. Might uh, be a little biased there, but uh, I would maybe, have to maybe agree. a little bias. Uh, we were talking. He better about- be. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, might it? it, it <laughs> It should be bias. <laughs> there you go. Oh, uh, so Mr. Ricky, I mean, we're coming off of a of a rough year here in 2020 for mixed martial arts and sporting events in general in Louisiana. And I know we were able to get a couple cards in before the statewide shutdown. And then we had the AKA event uh, that was in the end of the year. And then after that, we kind of got shut down again. Uh, what were your thoughts on this year uh, in MMA for Louisiana? Well, you know, our last show was the first weekend of March, and then we went all the way till almost, uh, what, mid-November, and then we had a trial show that our attorney wanted to see how things would go and how the crowd would react to wearing masks, which people don't like that at all. But, um, you know, if, if you pay $100 a seat to sit at a table and you've got drinks and food, I mean... I wouldn't want to wear a mask either. So, you know, that's just the way it is. Hopefully we can loosen up the restrictions next year, starting in 2021 and, and get back to a normal year. How early do you, uh, if you had the best case scenario, how early do you think uh, we'll get back to business here in Louisiana? Well, we have a meeting first week in January so that we can get lined out on the requirements that we're going to have to, I guess, say, put up with until we can uh, get back to normal. But um, our our commission understands that we have to put on shows because we've got fighters wanting to fight, promoters wanting to promote, and, um, you know, the fighters are having to go elsewhere to fight because they can't fight in their own home state. And, um, you know, a lot of these guys, that's all they do for a living. So, um it's kind of, um, you know, it makes us feel bad as a commission because we're, we're keeping them out of work. We're making them unemployed. So, um, you know, I, I've, I've went to the commission and told them, I said, we have to work this out. We've got other states are making it work, so we have to make it work also. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that statement because you like it. You're right. A lot of guys like AJ Fletcher, Brandon, Abair, these guys are our big hometown heroes and they're going to make it to the big, to the upper echelons. And not only are they not being able to fight in their home state, they have to go over to Mississippi, but local fans that probably can't make that drive to Mississippi are missing out on watching their hometown heroes on this rise to greatness as well. It kind of depriving the, the fans and, and the people of Louisiana of seeing these phenomenal fighters early in their career. Yeah, the best talent that we have to offer, and they're not going to display that talent in Louisiana, and the Louisiana people aren't getting to see it. You guys are exactly right, and not only are they not getting to display their talent, you know, uh, we've got a few guys that are maybe a fight or two away from making it to the UFC or Bellator or whatever, and, and we're keeping them from, from making a living. Right. So that's what we have to sit down the first week and find out how we can 
what we can do as a commission to make this work. And, you know, we've got, you know, I don't want to say, um, you know, we've got a big commission and, and I don't know how the vote will go, but I think everybody understands what I'm trying to get across it, that we've got to make this work. I don't, you know, and I don't have all the answers. I'm just one person, but it has to happen. We've got to get back to normal and, and people are ready for normal. Yeah. And it can definitely happen. I mean, if you were at near any shopping mall today, it was packed, right? Absolutely. And they might have somebody at the door of each store counting people going in, but, and everybody's got their mask on and there's some protocol, but it's happening, right? There's no reason why it shouldn't be happening uh, for local MMA shows. We were at the, I was at the mall of Louisiana today and it was the wild West in there, not a mask in sight. And I mean, all these giant gatherings are going to continue to happen. And Louisiana, I just feel like our fighters are being punished. Yeah, we're being punished for trying to follow the rules. Right. I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, it's, I don't have all the answers, but um, I do have the, the answer that we've got to do something to correct this. And I think the whole general public, in my opinion, is sick of all this bullshit. So, Absolutely. We, I, I we've think we've got to do something to make it work. Yeah, I think Louisiana needs to stop sitting on their hands because that's clearly not the answer. If this coronavirus is going to be around. It's going to be a thing. Then we have to figure out how to live with it and how to go forward with these protocols. And, you know, yeah. like I, I heard the AKA show went well because they had the Bayou show that was canceled because they had another shutdown. Hopefully, you know, our governor will finally agree to say, hey, let's let people go back to living their lives. Let's give people a sense of normalcy. But on that other token, Mr. Ricky, you got to see some of Louisiana's finest warriors Trump off into hostile territory all year long and really wave the Louisiana banner and come back victorious. Uh, Louisiana guys didn't take very many L's uh, leaving the state this year. How does that make you feel as the commissioner? I mean, you know, when I went to uh, Biloxi uh, and watched three or four fights over there, and, you know, I saw fight cards with uh, maybe 12 fights on the card, and us having maybe 12 to 14 fighters out of out of the fight card. And, you know, it that in itself, you know, it's a, it's a catch-22. Uh, I'm so happy for our guys having a place to go, but I'm also sad that I can't provide it for them to fight here in my state. Yeah. Uh, you know, normally like our guys do, they kick ass anyway. Yeah, you're Absolutely. right. We, we had uh mid city MMA six and O over the weekend at both of the empire uh, shows. First one empire and Bayou fighting championship collaborated. Um, gladiators, uh, Crowley gl- gladiators out of Lafayette, always uh, handling business. And they did great for those Atlas shows. Um, but just a shame that we couldn't get a couple Bayou uh, shows here in that time that they could have their own guys fighting on. And I guess the biggest yeah. moment, of the year for Louisiana MMA was Tan Lee heading across the, across the water and snatching that one FC featherweight title. That's unbelievable. Isn't it? You know, he, he's a hidden secret here in new Orleans. People don't even know who we have here in our state. It, and, and it's out of sight, out of mind because, you know, they're not around it right now, but we've got some uh, true killers in our state that, you know, that's fighting on the big shows and, and people aren't aware of it. You know, we got uh, uh, Dustin fighting January 23rd and uh, yep. Conor McGregor over Dobby Dobby. So, 
Yeah, I mean, we've got, yeah, we've we just got had, so much talent in our state. Absolutely. We had Quentin Henry just kill a man on bare knuckle fighting championships a couple weeks ago. Yep. I mean, that fight wasn't even fair. So we're looking at the UFC, one FC, now bare knuckle fighting championship that, yeah, Louisiana natives are rising to the top of all three of those. And and not rising are currently at the top of all three of those uh, promotions. Absolutely. I, I agree. I agree 100%. We don't have any, we don't take a back seat to anybody. We've got as much talent in our state as any state out there, even though we're a lot smaller state. I mean, we've got plenty to offer. And I guess lastly, what we'll and, ask you about. You know, every time I talk to Mick Maynard, I let him know that too. You bring our UFC fight to Louisiana, we'll pack it. Absolutely, we will. Yeah, undoubtedly. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of great venues too out here. I really like, uh, not the Alario Center, uh, the Pontchartrain Center out there in Kenner. I mean, it's about 10, 15 minutes from downtown New Orleans. It's closer to the airport. Closer to the airport, giant venue, those giant hotels right there. I, it would pack out real quick. I agree. That's a great location. Easy, you know, easy access for everybody. Absolutely. And I guess the lastly, Mr. Ricky, we didn't want to keep you too long, but last thing we'll ask you is, so we've had a relationship with bare knuckle fighting championship. That's been uh budding and they're been told they're super interested in getting into Louisiana. Do you think that's something that will be able to be accomplished uh, to get them uh, sanctioned here in Louisiana? Obviously once fights come back, restrictions are lifted from the coronavirus. Me and David, uh, Feldman spoke last week and, um, I'm a big fan of bare knuckle and David Feldman. And I told him, that he has my word. I'm doing everything I can possibly do to get bare knuckle into Louisiana. And he wants it as bad as I do. And, um, and I told David, I said, David, uh, we, we need to get, we need to get on board because this train is rolling fast and we need to be on it. And, uh, you know, my respect for him and, and, and the organization he's put together and, and how impressive it is. I really want to be a part of it. And he knows that. I think so. Yeah, and just two years, look what they've done, right? Imagine a year or two from now in two years, they've built this, this promotion. Absolutely. We talked to uh, Myron Godet, uh, Louisiana referee as well. We've interviewed him on the show before for our listeners. And he believes that BKFC is going to be the next big thing in combat sports. He said, he thinks the fire, this organization is getting ready to catch over the next few years, that it's going to be one of the largest and most sought after events. And all these fighters that are getting offers to fight on these cards right now that are going, nah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to miss your opportunity. Missing those opportunities. You're going to miss the boat because yep. once this thing blows up, it's going to be a who's who of MMA coming to throw yeah. bare hands. Or they're going to have their own bare knuckle guys, guys that started training bare knuckle, yeah. right? And and have gone through the years and years of training exclusively bare knuckle. It's right. not, not it's not going to be glove boxing exactly and MMA right. throwouts. Yeah, then they're going to get in there with no I, experience I and get hooked up with somebody like uh Quentin Henry hmm. and uh see what that see what that's like when you have that gorilla throwing uh throwing them dick beaters at your face. <laughs> exactly right. And um in you, you know it's um Whenever you see these big names like Hector Lombard and people like that trying to get on board, you know that there's something there. And and David pays so well that he's he's uh, he's a legitimate uh, player in this game. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Hector Lombard. We we can just count the names: Frank Mir, Paige Van Sant, Jason Knight, uh, Tiago Alves. Yeah, man. Chris uh, Lieben, Paulie Malinaji. Oh yeah. Exactly. Big names. 
Big names. Well, Mr. Ricky, we do thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to come and chat with Jeff and I for a little while. Obviously, we we love you. We love you. You're the best commissioner in the country. Like we agree. Damn we know you're doing everything to uh, get the ball rolling back in Louisiana. And you have undeniably have our full support here at Fight Sport Focus. Yeah. Anything you need, never hesitate to ask. Guys, I appreciate the kind words. I'll put your checks in the mail tomorrow. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> Mr. Ricky, thank you so much for being here. Nick and I will be right back. <laughs> Jeffrey Hoffman and Nikki, the G, back for the 20. 20- 20 fight sport focus MMA and combat sport awards. We give out five awards this year. And man, let me tell you guys, we got thousands of votes right off the bat. It was crazy. Thank you guys so much for all the participation. I mean, it was less than a day in we were getting two three four five thousand votes that was nuts so we actually like we told you guys we're glad you guys kept voting we actually turned off the function of the graph that showed you guys how many votes each person was getting because uh we, it looks like we started to get a little old click scamming in the beginning look looked like there might have been some spamming some click spamming yeah so uh we had to shut that feature off so you guys wouldn't know yeah, so we look, votes kept coming through. And I mean, we got, fuck, man, 10, uh, a bunch, man, uh, over 10,000 uh, votes total. Mi- millions yeah. of votes. <laughs> millions Some, upon millions. Somewhere between 10,000 and millions upon millions. We'll let y'all know. That's the number. And the, uh, the, the, the actual number is not too important. No, not What's at all. important is who won these the winners man. these winners so first up we had best gym that was the gym that had the most dominant fighters representing it in 2020 and we had a couple great nominees from gladiators academy mid city mma port city kickboxing academy jason knight mma in performance evolution performance evolution from uh, lake charles rebuilding from uh, not one, but maybe six hurricanes this year, man. It was, Absolutely. It was brutal were, out there, dude. They had a rough year. It was like Jumanji, but for natural disasters. Why don't you go and let us know, El Jefe, is it gonna be who's going to be taking home <laughs> best gym? Are, are we doing drum rolls or is it just we're letting them know? I mean, I think we just let them know. <laughs> the last drum roll. <laughs> that was your last. <laughs> the tongue roll. Tongue roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> I can blow into the mic real hard. <laughs> That's not going to do anything but piss people off. Best Gym 2020 Fight Sport Focus MMA and Combat Sport Award goes to Mid-City MMA. And man, after last weekend, going 6-0 and over the two nights, I mean, how could you disagree with that? Right. No disrespect to the other gyms out there, but Mid-City truly had a dominant year uh, from the tippy top with Tan Lee winning the one FC featherweight world yeah. championship all the way to last weekend with Jordan Juno snagging the empire 155 Evan Freeman defending the 135 amateur title. Yep. Uh, it seems like all these guys did this year was stack title belts. Yeah. And look what they did throughout the Rona. Uh, they came back the right way. Uh, you know, yep. they, they came back quick. They came dealing back with right. probably the most stringent 
regulations because they are in Orleans Parish. Damn straight. And look, we didn't even think about that. Of all yeah. the gyms that we nominated, Mid-City is almost certainly dealing with the most strict regulations as far as how they can operate, when they can operate, what they need to do in order to be able to operate. So yep. that's a whole other thing we didn't even think about going into this. Absolutely right about that. Next up, we had Fighter of the Year. Which fighter made the most out of the year of the Rona? And we had four beautiful nominees. Beautiful in physical had, appearance or I mean spiritual some would guidance? Say, some would say both. Okay. All three, uh, okay. to be exact. Okay. We have the Golden Ram, AJ the Ghost Fletcher. Mm. We have Mr. Tan Lee. We have a little thug passion Brandon Bear. Damn straight. And Joe the Party Penafield. Man, dude. Joe, love him to death. We, and we watched him the other night yep, for the for Titan. Titan. Yeah, Titan FC. Uh, I wish he would have fought in the first two rounds. I fought in the third round. I think he just waited too late to flip the switch in that fight. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, patience is a virtue. Well, I think, but sometimes it's a death wish. And then AJ, Ton, and Brandon all went undefeated this year. Got Yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, it, it was a phenomenal year for these guys. And I'm very proud to say that we've spoken to every one of these nominees as well. We have. Yeah. Uh, all on the podcast, man. Just all on the podcast. Awesome. Hey, you want to be fighter of the year 2021? Come on the fucking show, man. That's, That's right. Get so- that, get that, get that rub off of that good <laughs> karma. Close matchup between uh, Tom and uh, AJ, right? Both guys had fantastic 2020s. AJ made the most out of those Atlas shows, you know, uh, absolutely. The, the, the couple of Atlas shows that we had, but Winner, 2020 Fight Sport Focus MMA and Combat Sport Award for Fight of the Year. Of course, it's going to be Tan Lee, man. Mr. Tan Lee. Of course. And no disrespect to the other fighters, but it was a landslide victory for Mr. Tan Lee. But he won a belt in the largest MMA promotion on the planet. I mean, yeah. And look, hats off. Brought a world championship back to louisiana back to the new orleans area that's he brought he brought a world championship right into this studio yeah goddamn straight he did (laughs) 2021 you want to be fighter of the year young aspiring fighters listening bring a world championship belt into the studio and it's a wrap get your belts (laughs) come on in uh and now i guess we're going to move on to best promotion that's french that's, for you. that's very French. People. Uh, Which promotion had the best matchups and events of 2020? Who are our nominees? Our nominees was Atlas Fights, Empire Fighting Championship, Bayou Fighting Championship, Gulf Coast MMA, and Island Fights. And, you know, this year it was difficult for all five of those promotions with uh, the Rona. We had from uh, March until damn near August where nothing happened for any of those guys. And the ones who were primarily in Louisiana, Bayou. Yeah. Bayou. I, I, Bayou, I don't think Bayou, maybe in, in the beginning of 2020, I think they, they got had a card a, off. They had, uh, yeah, man, they got a show off in the beginning. And, and then they had a little, uh, had a little difficulty on uh, December. They had a card booked and then it kind of got canceled, but yeah. then it came back and it got moved and the empire guys helped them out. So they were able yeah. to put on a card out there. Empire FC seven was half of Bayou fighting championship. Yeah. So yeah, for the guys in Louisiana, it was tough because 
you know, our governor, we never opened up. I'd have Absolutely. to assume beginning of next year. And then Atlas fights with Mr. Glenn. Uh, they were the first promotion back on the scene, getting yep. it done. Uh, had to cancel some events towards the end of the year. Things got hairy at Things the end. Things got hairy for they, the inform. They had, what, four or five yeah. very, very successful shows. Yeah. And then Empire Championship just came roaring, roaring out to finish the year of 2020 yep. strong. Yep. Had one to begin the year off. And then, what, yep. three? We had one earlier, a couple, uh, what, a couple weeks back. Yep. And then these last two, and you guys decided this, not us, man. Uh, votes were in, votes were tallied, and overwhelming, overwhelmingly, you guys decided upon Empire Fighting Championship. It was a Empire Fighting Championship. Uh, Christian and the fellas do an amazing job putting together a top quality package, top quality matchups. It's never one of those fights where fighters come out and you go, oh man, this is going to happen. Like all their title fights are legit title fights. They have very big name guys and they're pushing a lot of guys. And number one, they treat you and I like a lady. (laughs) That they do. And it's a, it's a great promotion, man. And it's been since day one, you know, uh, I remember I was at the first event, man, and every single one, man, it's, it's been like they've been doing it for years. You know, like they didn't have the learning curve that a lot of guys do. It's it's really cool to see. And then uh, I, I want to do fight of the year next and then we'll come back to the other one. It's out. Uh, which of these matchups was the best 2020 matchup had to offer? And look, maybe maybe next year we can wait a little bit later to announce the uh, candidates because last weekend, man, we had, I think we had a fight that would have been on there. See, I think what we're going to do is we're going to have to maybe take these last empire cards into consideration and just kind of attach them on to 2021. And then, you know, we'll go from, Oh man, that's so hard. Cause look, that Ethan Hughes and Douglas Freeman fight, man, we'll get into that a little, little more later in the week. Uh, But the fight of the year, we had Joe the Party Penafield. Great fight. Versus Jason Salifu. Great fight. Uh, that was on Atlas and that went five rounds. Yeah. Uh, fight TV, uh, pay per view on Fight TV. Yeah. Live yeah. at Atlas if you were there. Five, five minute rounds. Man, that was a lot of fun to watch. Then we had Jose Duran versus Mr. Hunter James. Yeah. Hunter. A uh, big, big knockout for Hunter James. Very bloody knockout for Hunter James in that fight. Fun fight. Hunter uh, shipping off to uh, the U.S. Army here yes, in a couple of days. In a couple so. days, he is. He's heading out to serve our yeah. country. We wish him the best of luck and best of skill out there, brother. Yeah. Doing much bigger things than any of us are. Absolutely. Uh, then in our third nominee, we had Evan Free Freeman taking on Jordan Lorraine. That's when Evan went out there and won that 135 amateur empire title. Yeah, that was a fun fight because Jordan, was a fun fight. Jordan is going to be a, in a couple of years. One of the big things around here, man, for sure. Oh, yeah. And he's got a great team behind him. Uh, good family. Uh, mark my words, a couple of years, two years. Jordan's going to be huge. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, had a female fight with a nomination on this, uh, had Miss Whitney Kimball versus Evelyn De Silva yeah, that at Atlas Fights. And that was a really back and forth fun yeah. one. Yeah. How tough is Whitney, man? Great oh. team behind her. Super tough girl. Great girl. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was definitely winning the stand up exchanges in that yeah. fight. I uh, just got a little hairy on the grappling. And then Evelyn was able to get it done towards the end with a. Late rounds of submission. Yeah, and I would say I would uh, opine that uh, another girl with a similar skill set would have lost that fight to uh, Evelyn much sooner. Absolutely, right? like Whitney's, 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 tough as nails. Yeah, the grit. And, okay, the team that's behind her in the grit. She hung in there a long fucking time, man. Made it a made it a fucking dog fight. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. Very tough opponent for uh, one of your very first outings. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed that fight. But you're asking me, you're like, Nikki to G all these fights sound great, but who was the best? Which, which one was the best? Well, it's, it was you guys, you guys decided y'all put in the votes. Uh, and this one was one that filled up really, really quick. 2020 fight sport focus MMA and combat sport award fight of the year goes to Jose Duran versus Hunter James Atlas fights 56. It's a hell of a fight, man. It's a lot of fun to watch. Hell of a fight. We were there. We were cage side for that. And uh, very bloody, very a lot of fluids, a lot of body fluids, some sweat, some tears, blood, maybe some semen. I saw somebody in the back doing, you know, like there's fluids. There's, you know, I wonder what she was doing in the back. There were, were fluids, man, of unknown origin and some known. Um, what's last, man? We got one more to go. Amateur. And the amateur up and coming, which amateur should fans be most looking out for? Close now, race. Let me tell you this. Out of all the votes that happened for the fights awards, like we said, tens of millions yeah, uh, or more. Or more, possibly. I mean, could have been hundreds of millions. Could have been. It could have been thousands of millions. No, we had that Florida thing going on. We're still counting votes. <laughs> uh, this was the most hotly contested race. Yes, easily. Uh, this one, uh, we had the nominees of Jordan Juno, Cam Teague, Evan Free Freeman, and Donzel Marshall. And in the very beginning of this thing, it looked like one nominee, uh, Donzel Marshall, was going to run away with it. Uh, and then it evened up very quickly. Uh, and then it kind of became uh, a four way horse race. I mean, it was yeah. at any time of the day you looked at it, the other person was up, uh, but voted on by you guys, the fans, the fight sport uh, universe. This was by far the closest, the closest matchup. And when it came down to the end of it, it was a, an extraordinarily tight race between Cam Teak and Evan Freeman. And, Look, Evan, this weekend had that uh, huge win over a very game opponent in Chase McNeil. Yep. But, you know, then maybe next year we're going to push these back a little bit because these late year shows, the votes were already tallied. And your winner for the Fight Sport Focus 2020 MMA and Combat Sport Award Amateur Up and Coming is Cam Teague Port. City Kickboxing Academy. Cam T was supposed to fight Jordan Juno on this last weekend, but he had some medical problems. A uh, little mononucleosis. Arise. Man. Type 2. <laughs> he, said like, his, he said his spleen was swelling up. It's like diabetes. There's types. Uh, I, I, I didn't know, but he said his, swing, his uh, spleen was swelling up pretty bad. So yeah. uh, that was late November. I had so. that when I was a kid, man. The spleen, and they're like, you can't go into crowns and stuff, man. They're like, you, you don't go into a crowded place because somebody bumps into you the wrong way. They hit that spleen. <laughs> so you definitely can't uh, fight Jordan Juno uh, if you got a sore spleen. <laughs> That's definitely hazardous to your health. What is a spleen, man? What is it? <laughs> I don't know. I remember one of the what Tampa. odd man out of Oregon, dude. I remember one of the Tampa Bay quarterbacks a few years back. Uh, I don't know how long ago when he got tackled. He got sacked and ruptured his spleen <laughs> in the game. Dude, fucking Jason Witten, if you remember. He got tackled early in a season one year uh, and some dude ruptured his spleen. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I guess, I guess you don't need it. I mean, they're I don't out think there. You do it all, like man. <laughs> I think they probably just take it on. They're like, like oh, you're better appendix. off. It's like, oh, let's get rid of that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you're better off without it, man. You ain't got to worry about this shit busting in the future. 
<laughs> hey, every to all the winners, congratulations. Uh, we've all made the most together uh, out of 2020. Uh, a lot of people would say, a lot of people would say this has been a fucked up year. But um, I've had this conversation with a few people. And I think it's all perspective, man. This year hasn't been fucked up for me. You know, I think for myself and Nick and Fight Sport Focus, at least, this has been our most productive year, you know, uh, getting this business off the ground. And we've got uh, news flash, uh, an exciting new business for early 2021 that we're going to announce very shortly. Very short. This budding relationship with BKFC that is just uh, that the potential for is enormous. Uh, twenty twenty has been huge for me and for you. Oh uh, yeah, this so. is this has definitely uh, been not the best year for a lot of people. Uh, but as far as the on this front, I mean, I think we've had a very successful year. We were able to find the silver lining in twenty twenty, and I hope everybody else was able to find their silver lining as well. I mean, all in all, for me, twenty twenty was a was a pretty good year. I mean, we started fight sports focus. Well, you've had already started fight sports focus, but we started up the podcast. Uh, we got to do a little bit of traveling. Uh, Hell yeah. My baby was born. My, well, my fourth baby was born. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I've had a, my, my oldest son had a great year at LSU finished with a 4.0 GPA uh, through his first semester of college. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, life is all perspective. It's, it's, it's all it's all perspective. It's, it's what you, know. you make out of. You have to you have to take the cup and stop seeing it as half empty and start seeing it as half full. And you know, go forward because you can't change things in life. You can only change your attitude about those things. Yeah, dude. They got people today that maybe you lost your job, but you're still getting some unemployment, and you're living in a great air conditioned house, you know, with cable TV and internet and all the conveniences, and you're sad. And then you think back like 400 years ago, you know, there was people living in the Middle Ages, you know, sleeping like literally on hay with fleas and ticks and just like the most atrocious of situations. And they might've been happy as fucking can be, you know, just like, Hey, what's up, man? You're throwing shit out in the street. Just, I'll fucking sweep it up for you. Whoop, whoop, just whoop. happy as a clam. <laughs> yeah. It's all perspective, man. It's, it's, it's what you make of it. So, uh, regardless of uh, how 2020 treated you guys, 2021 is right around the corner. I can tell you right now for fight sport focus for Nicholas, Sherlock and myself, and for our future business endeavor, 2021 is going to be huge. And I, and we want it to be huge for you guys as well. Huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> 22nd episode. 22. 22. 22. We almost got that cheap car insurance at 25. <laughs> is that a true thing or is that just Yeah, a, yeah. When you turn 25, your car insurance gets cheaper. Man, I never noticed they that. Figured, they figured your wild days are behind. <laughs> I guess I was just always driving such shitty cars that it didn't matter, man. So I was getting that. What is it? 23 bucks full coverage? <laughs> yeah, it might have been like a 2 or $3 difference, man, because my <laughs> cars were always so shitty. So hang in there, uh, people in your early 20s. Cheaper car insurance coming to you. 22nd episode of the Fight Sport Focus Podcast in the books tune in to our next episode we're going to recap empire fc8 that was saturday's empire show and uh we plan on being joined in studio by both double g greg gidry and jamal jenkins if if charges know. haven't been brought up yet we'll see if we get him in here we'll hide him out man that was tough and look i, I don't want to i don't want to harp on this too much man i heard from uh from the promoter that uh mr jasper said uh that uh he was 10 and 0 and that he was quote unquote the best fighter you'll ever see 
I heard that he was pulling on old Dynamite's uh, jacket uh, after he got in the cage and was like, hey, make sure you announce my nickname. I am the whatever. And Dynamite <laughs> said he looked at him and was like, yeah, yeah, bro, you should be worried about this monster getting in the <laughs> ring, but I'll say whatever you want. <laughs> no, no disrespect, Mr. Rivers. Um, you know, but I mean, that was a that was a sight to behold. It's an execution. <laughs> we'll talk about it tomorrow. We might not be so kind tomorrow. Once we got Mr. Jenkins in the studio, I mean, he can tell us about like the blood pressure, you know, because I'm sure he was up in there. You know, he's got, he got the vitals as, as he was in Mount. I don't think of the lifeless body. I don't he think got the pulse. I don't <laughs> think he cared. He was celebrating all the way to the back. Dude, I got a photo of uh, and it's a, and uh, Christian and all of them kind of commented on it, too. So uh, Jasper's out on his back and the ref is there. I think the ref's checking for a pulse, you know, and that's kind of like in the foreground. And uh, Jamal's like right in the back fucking going nuts. And it's just uh, a really good scene. You know, as, as long as Jasper's life if jasper's dead i will be deleting the photos <laughs> because we don't want evidence as long as he's alive and well it was a great photo we will and not <laughs> testify plead the fifth so guys tune in for our next episode it's gonna be a good time with those guys might have a couple adult beverages you know that's right couple by eight 10 to 15 adult beverages we'll see and we're gonna talk about the possibility of jeff taking home a cat he's <laughs> getting not a cat. gonna talk he's getting about a that We'll put the we'll put the poll up real soon with five choices he can choose from. Help Jeff bring home a new kitten. You know what the choices, you know what the, the votes are going to be. Everybody's going to vote for a new kitten. That's because right. You always want to vote for the pet that you don't have to care for. Exactly. Right? That's why kids, every Number kid three. wants a pet. Number right? three. <laughs> every kid ever wants a pet because they don't do anything. They just get the benefits of it, right? They just read the benefits. They get none of the consequences. That's right. Hey guys, don't forget to follow us on all platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Fight Sport Focus. New episodes dropping twice weekly. So subscribe to and share this podcast on Spotify iTunes, Google, or wherever you get your goddamn podcasts. Until next time, I'm Jeffrey Hoffman, and this is Nikki the G. Thanks for listening. <laughs>